Bring it. Hello everybody and a big welcome once again to yet another episode of Feud for Thought. I'm Ben Simmons here as ever with my esteemed colleague. Me, Martin Hill. There he is. We always do there I am. Me. The me is always loud and the Martin Hill is a little bit less. I can't explain what goes on when we start these things. Um, <laughs> you always start and I just butt in every now and again. That's kind of the routine we've gotten into. But I think I, like I get excited. I think I get excited with the big uh, me. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why it started, and I don't know why I do it. It's almost it's like a catchphrase things. now. I'm sure our listeners look forward to it, so don't stop. Uh, uh, well, I think um, they're probably there going, "No, no, stop!" stop. <laughs> um, I, I can't stop now for some reason. I just can't do it. I've noticed I do it at the end as well. And I, yeah. <laughs> the, no, the thing is now because I know I do it. If I stop doing it, I'll be like, "Oh well, I've missed it now. Yeah. It's gone." It's like. <laughs> Oh, it's like good. a it's, good. it's your podcast thing, me it Martin is. Hill. I, I love like it. it. You should I do a solo it. podcast called Me Martin Hill. There you go. Um, what are you trying to say, Ben? No, <laughs> not stopping doing this one. Keep doing this. All right, one, okay. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I do plan on doing my own one soon, uh, or at least with someone better. <laughs> well, you won't find anyone, so unlucky. Um, now then, um, it's an exciting topic on tonight's show. Um, and we're going to be discussing the many facets of the world of cookery. Which That's is- right, cookery. Cookery yeah. it is. Ben playing fast and loose with the word exciting there. <laughs> but- I, I feel like you've naturally got more experience with cookery than me. I have limited cookery experience, and I know you've always done a lot of baking, and that's one particular area, but it's still cookery. Um, I've, I've got limited, definitely, kitchen experience. Um, yeah, well, I do, I do, I do cook. Uh, I do mainly do baking. Yeah. So when, when we went cooking, I kind of, I mean, I'm happy to discuss baking. I'll, I'll worm your ear off all day. I'll be honest, worm your ear off. I don't even know where that can... <laughs> See what I mean? You've invented phrase again. <laughs> Literally just, I feel like I've been drinking. Worm your ear off. That's a classic. Worm your ear off. I'll worm it right off, Ben. Do you just watch me? Um, yeah, so I usually do like the baking stuff, which is which is more my thing. But I do cook. Who is uh, I, I don't ask, but I think I've asked this before. But for public consumption, who is the cooker at your house? Uh, it is much more my wife, Haley. I must admit, although I did cook. This Maybe evening. we should have her on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did cook this evening just before we broadcasted. I made a vegetable pas- chips. vegetable pasta right. dish. Uh, yeah. Oh. But, Treat yourself. What kind of uh, what kind of vegetable well, pasta? Oh, she want, is is Haley a veggie? Is she? She is, yeah. But if you want okay. full full details, it was um, the ingredients were fusilli pasta and penne pasta, uh, which was due to not having quite enough fusilli. Uh, but it was onion. What you call me? <laughs> it was onion, peppers, mushrooms, uh, creme fraiche. Tomato puree and the pasta. There you go. And a bit there of uh, seasoning and mixed spice I threw in as well, which didn't really add to a flavour particularly. I didn't put enough in. So um, I'm glad you added the mixed spice there, Ben, because you did promise excitement and that just yeah. tipped you over the edge of. Exactly. It was of, mediocre. Uh, was that recipe yeah. was mediocre. Adding the mixed spice, there's yeah. a little bit extra instantly. Was it yeah. uh, Chinese five spice? No, it was it was ground allspice or whatever it's called. I think, yeah, is it? Oh, okay, okay. Anyway, um, uh, yeah, I cooked today, but I'm ashamed to say I did do uh, fish fingers. <laughs> so it, was, <laughs> it was fish fingers and homemade chips in the active fry. I do love the active fry chips. Now, I'd never used an active fry until we worked for a company where we had to present sort of workshop days, and we made falafels in an active fry. I think, but they they oh, were really? awesome. I was impressed with it. Really, have a they are impressive, and I quite like. And you get because of, during lockdown, we've just been having them. Yeah. So now, like, you have like a normal chips from somewhere else, and they're just greasy, like they just coat your mouth, and yeah, not yeah, as, yeah. Not as appealing. So 
I feel I've come out a little bit healthier from uh, getting the active fry, but it is uh, it is good uh, the active fry for doing things like that. Well, I should point out neither of us are officially <laughs> endorsed by active fry. I'm sure there are other types available, but uh, maybe they'll give us a free one by mentioning them in this podcast. Come on, active fry! Oh, active fry, active fry, active fry! <laughs> That's three. I want three, please. That's uh, how it works. I've, I've got a family to feed. Product placement, brilliant. Um, Namely before, me. Before we get into further nitty gritty, do you that works? Do you reckon they've got someone listening in to all the airwaves, and then when someone mentions it, they go, "Oh, we can't do that. Oh, we have to strike yeah. a deal." And then you know, stuff. you know how Shazam identifies music, and you can just hold your phone up and it yeah. tells you what's playing. Someone yeah, from Actify is scanning all recorded media until the word Actify comes up, and then they just give them free stuff. So brilliant. Maybe it's all. Maybe it's all. Maybe it's all companies do that. They're yeah. just looking for people to advertise the stuff i've always loved porsches and (laughs) pepsi max pepsi max pepsi max let's have some of that down here please nice um before we get further what's that playboy someone's saying playboy (laughs) over here does that mean we get a visit to the mansion it does it does um before we get further into the nitty-gritty of the world of cookery let's do our regular features that people have come to know and slightly admire um, oh. Ben's brilliant brain always comes up first, so I'm going to do it again. And uh, it is cookery related. So, do you know what the most commonly used vegetable all over the world is in cooking? Um, I'm glad you said it in cooking, right in there. So <laughs> yeah. Just so, because we'd have all been a little bit confused. Uh, the most commonly used vegetable in cooking. Surely yeah. it's got to be like a potato or something. No? Well, or you carrot. would have thought, but a carrot. Surprisingly, onions. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, onions and onion family, like garlic and shallots and things like that. But apparently, yeah, because you'd have onions and stuff where you wouldn't have potatoes. Yeah, like, like do you know what I mean? Like when you cook yeah, dishes, yeah, yeah. onions, onions going a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. and apparently. 175 different countries in the world regularly use onions in their cooking, which is twice as many as the next biggest, which is wheat, which is the, well, I know it's not vegetable, but that's the next biggest used ingredient. Um, wheat? I think, well, well. That's in, wheat's in corn, well, everything. Alana yeah. can't have it, so we have to blooming watch that stuff. Corn, but, um, rice and wheat are the most used ingredients, but the most commonly used vegetable is the onion so yeah used in 175 countries recipes regularly so wow uh, wow 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 there you go but now ben's brilliant brain is over let's go over to a long time possibly you possibly want to rename or you're happy with martin's marvelous memories what about martin's moments or something it could uh, could be uh i don't know i'll tell you (laughs) what i'll tell you what people Tweet in with the yes. new name for this bit because uh, I can't think of anything and I'm quite aware that I've put myself in a position where I wasn't alive 100 years ago. I wasn't even alive 50 years ago, but I seem to keep doing 150 years ago in terms of our topics or as near as. Yeah. And so I just don't know what to call it. It's not a memory. It could be Martin's Marvellous Moments, Martin's Mixed Up Messages. I don't know. <laughs> Nice, but it's got to be the alliteration of the M letter. So if you can think of something better, tweet us at Feud Thoughts. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, just tweet us anyway. Let us know what is going on in your lives. Yeah. Now, I have been looking at 100 years ago, and I have been looking at around food. So I was thinking of things that kind of came about. Because in the 1920s, yeah. uh, so 100 years ago, 1921. Now, a few things appeared in 1921 that I didn't know. Books fizz. Uh, right. not, 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 not the, the band, band. <laughs> they were uh, making the drink. up a hundred years yeah, they were yeah, yeah. they were uh, Books Fizz the Drink the Bloody Mary was uh, created in right. 1921 nice uh, and uh, unknown to me uh, the refrigerators in houses became a thing in 1921 oh, wow. they yeah. started manufacturing them globally for household use which surprised me I thought it would have been a bit earlier than that and then I think well it is 100 years ago. What did um, they do before that? Just leave stuff outside, have a pantry, have an ice block in the winter. I don't know. I don't know. No idea. 
Uh, I wasn't alive then, like I said, so <laughs> I wasn't around. But you I just can't know what remember. Came up there. No. Yeah, fair uh, enough. They used to have cod cakes for breakfast in 1921. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Everyone likes a bit of fish for breakfast. I was and one of the say... most popular dishes. Oh, go on. No, I was going to say fish for breakfast seems weird, but then people do still have kippers these days, don't they? So maybe not so bad with a bit of cod. That is true, Ben. And why you're here? Because I was thinking it was odd. Yeah. But I don't like fish. So. Having fish at any point of day is pretty weird for me. Yeah, okay. Uh, one of the big popular dish was something called Hoover Stew. Right. Okay. Named after the president, which is basically mac and cheese with slices of hot dog in it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think you can And this was that. quite possibly. Uh, it, this was a big thing back then, I think, because it was quite cheap to make. Yeah. Uh, and in terms of appliances, Ben, can you name me an appliance that started in 1921? What, the company than, originated? Other than a refrigerator? Um, yeah. Surely not this early. Surely not a microwave. Surely that's later, isn't it? Unbelievable, Ben. What? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to let you stew on that for a minute. A food oh. appliance that start, company started in 1921. Oh, right. I've, I'm there now. I've, I'm, right. I'm annoyed at myself. Right, yeah. I'm annoyed at you as well, to be honest with you. You only worked for them for about 11 years. <laughs> <laughs> you mean a very powerful blender, don't you? Yes, right. Uh, well, I've called you worse. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, in in 1970, that's Vitamix, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. I'll have a it few is. of them for free if you like as well. <laughs> yeah. um, and just very quickly, in 1971, a few things that started was the Quarter Pounder first started in 1971 in McDonald's. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And also in Paris, 1971 was the originator of Vitamix's kind of rival, Limagimix. Oh, okay. It was literally called Le Magimix. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Starbucks originated in 1971. I'm going with all the food-related stuff. I didn't know you that. Smoke-flavoured Spam. Coca-Cola introduced the plastic bottle. Fajitas. First right. yeah. roundabout as Fajitas as we know them. And Boddington's Ale started in 1971. Wow. But keeping it food-related, this is the big one, number, uh, number Ben. This is the big one, Ben. I'm ready. 1971, Don McLean recorded American Pie. Ah, that is good. That is good. He's blended the worlds of music and food and blended them in a Vitamix, which also oh, yeah. was a hundred years ago. <laughs> nice. So work. there you go. Another yeah, well useful, useless information for you. Yeah. Now, can you remember the first thing you ever cooked? I can remember being at primary school and we had to make peppermint creams um in a sort of home economics lesson or something and i can't remember how we did it but we had to make these little peppermint sweets like were basically just minty bits of icing and i think that was the first thing i remember cooking i i do remember the peppermint things uh i don't know if that was the first thing i cooked okay i did do home economics i do remember one time uh i i had to make an apple crumble Oh wow! Uh, which we made in there, and I had it in a in a tin on the way home, yeah. and it it must have been like during the the winter or or very odd occasion because it snowed heavily at the same time. Yeah, and when you're going from where my high school was, this, this was high school, so it probably wasn't the first thing I cooked. But where you're going from my high school was to where my um, home village is because I was brought up in the arse end of nowhere <laughs> uh you, you literally had to go up this big hill and down this other i can't remember the name of the hill but it's a it's a it's a very big hill okay and when when the bus got to the top it was snowing so badly that they just couldn't go any further they didn't want to risk this double-decker bus going down the hill yeah so they said all right you're all walking home we were like oh i'm not walking home from here what are you talking about and I was so angry with the, the walking home, I completely forgot that I had this apple crumble in my bag and decided to sledge on my bag down the hill. <laughs> and so when I eventually got home, I just walked in. I was like, and my mum's like, weren't you making an apple crumble today? I'm like, yeah, it's in my bag. <laughs> <laughs> Literally in my bag, just everywhere. This apple crumble just all over the place. <laughs> that is a good story. Like it is it. fun times. Yeah. I can't remember. This isn't really related to the world of cookery, but I don't know why 
that story's reminded me of this, but I had, I was one of those cool kids that had a matching lunchbox and flask when I was at my primary school. And for some reason, um, <laughs> you're desperate to react, aren't you? Go on. No, um, I'm biting my tongue, Ben. Um, but you, you keep going, cool guy, cool kid. <laughs> anyway, for some reason, to be even cooler, I had a flask full of milk. And um, I was walking through the playground about to drink this milk. I poured it out of the flask into the sort of cup bit that the top of the flask was, at which point I got hit in the face by a football that someone was playing with. And my nose started bleeding. And I, the only thing I could catch it in was this cup of milk. <laughs> it made all the blood go into the milk and turn it all pink. And uh, I never liked strawberry milkshakes after that. It was a bit weird. Um, did you drink it no I, I threw it away it would have been disgusting to drink that let's be honest i don't know you know i mean like when you cut yourself you put it in your mouth and go oh, i'm bleeding Suck yeah blood true out of it. true yeah it had no difference whatsoever but <laughs> at the same time they were probably probably very apologetic these boys because you were the cool kid on campus <laughs> yeah I, so I think they probably wanted to uh, we were too young to swear at each other then. We didn't really understand swearing, but I'm sure I got some level of abuse for it all and not that many apologies. So, yeah. On a, on a slightly... Well, that, that's a, that's something we should have asked in the swearing one, actually. Do you remember when you first started swearing? Do you remember your first swear word? I can remember the first time I got into trouble. for Not into trouble, but I was aware of an adult seeing me swear that weren't either of my parents and regretting it. And again, that was at my primary school, but I think I was in the final year. I think I was 10 or 11 and ran into a, a hallway where there was a dinner lady at the door and I banged my elbow at the door as I went in and I went, shit, like that. And she just looked at me and went, what? And I, and I just hadn't even, it was an instinctive reaction. I couldn't stop myself. And um, I was really apologetic because I was a bit of a goody-goody at school. I never got into trouble. And I didn't want anyone to think badly of me. So um, I, don't, I don't think it was any worse than her saying, I don't want to hear that kind of language. But I felt bad. I did remember after our swearing one, because in the swearing one where we were talking and um, uh, like my dad, like I said, he, he just was against all forms of swearing. Yeah. Uh, but the older I got, the, the more he sort of, you know, things kind of slipped. I could yeah, say crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I once got shouted at if I asked him if he farted. But it was it was quite bad. But um, I remember having this really bizarre incident with him. And to this day, because he's passed on, I've just got no idea what he thought. But my thing was... Um, uh, to him, when when I was in a bad mood or whatever, rather than calling him a, a dickhead or anything like that, yeah, I called him a, a pillock. Yeah. So what are you doing, your pillock? Yeah. And he went mental at me. Like he finds the word pillock one of the most offensive words. Like he got oh, wow. so angry. And when, like, even now when I Google it, uh, from last time I, from memory, I think it's a fish, isn't it? Well, it, I isn't it? I thought it was the the usage that we had is an abbreviation of a term called pillycock, uh, which is a bit more offensive. And I, I oh well, maybe this is where he was going then, because when I go, I'm pretty certain it's official. That's a Google it now. I mean, we're going back a few a few things here. Sorry, but uh, I, I, it's something I did remember after we did the um... yeah yeah yeah. No, it's worth discussing. I, I'm interested in stuff like this, as you know, origins of words and certain stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I'm sure my auntie told me. Uh, my auntie Julia told me that it the word pillock came from another word called pillicock and was an abbreviation of that. That may be wrong. Pillock, just... Well, the dictionary just says means. A stupid person. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm fairly certain I read somewhere. I mean, this was a while ago when I looked it up. Like, I mean, years ago when I looked it up. And I'm, I'm sure it was a fish or something. But okay. it just means, it's basically, Urban Dictionary means you idiot. Yeah. But again, I don't know where it's come from or anything like that. But I just found it so bizarre that he was he was so offended by it. There you go. Mid-16th century variant of archaic pillicock meaning penis. Oh, uh, well, yeah, I can understand him thinking that was offensive. <laughs> but to refer back to something from the 1500s from your dad in the late 1900s is maybe a bit much because it's clearly. Well, not... 
Us Not hills, Ben. We've we've been around for a very long time. <laughs> you know, I, I myself am hundred years old, obviously from, yeah, of course. from my memories. Yeah, your memories, yeah, yeah, yeah. So so we're all there. Do you have? Let's get back into the wonderful world of cookery. Do you? Yeah, have I'll bring a... us back in. Oh, go on. No, go on. If you can go do on it, then. do it. Right here you are. Um, back into the cookery thing. The uh, Guinness World Record for longest individual cooking marathon. Right. Is held yeah. by someone in India called Lata Tondon, and she cooked for 87 hours and 45 minutes straight. What? Why? What? Not just for like a family or whatever. It must have been as part of a challenge and fed a whole town or something. Uh, I think it did go to the homeless and stuff, the things she cooked. From okay, memory. Yeah. I haven't got it in front of me now, so I've just got the notes. But she, um, she probably for the Guinness World Record yeah. thing. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. We should do one. I'm still adamant we should do a Guinness World Record. There I must think that be, should be a challenge. A ridiculous world record we can attempt to break. Maybe if it's something we can do live on the podcast, that'd be exciting. Yeah. Uh. Well. Yeah. I mean, there is one for like the longest podcast. I think it's like 48 hours or something, though, isn't it? I'm not sure I'd last that long. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a bit ambitious. But there must be something we could do. Like, well, I I can't think of it. Mind you, if we had guests lined up, we could we could try and rock out a fifty-hour podcast, getting the the Guinness World Record. <laughs> yeah, to- all right. To- talking dribble for fifty hours. I, I, the only time I can ever remember staying up all night, I then tried to drive home from university the following morning and struggled desperately. My mum came to meet me for some reason in our halls at university. We all thought it'd be hilarious to stay up and not go to sleep, and then. Uh, I'd arranged with my mum before she got there to let me drive home and um, was veering into the ditches at the side of the A-roads and she told me to get out of the car and don't be ridiculous. Then I told her I'd been up all night and then she had a go at me, uh, which was fair enough. Oh, yeah, don't, don't stay up all night and then drive, Ben. That's crazy. It is crazy. I didn't know any better when I was 18, 19, um, and I was a, clearly a rebel back then. Yeah. Well, the only time I remember staying up all night is waiting for my dad to go to bed so I can go downstairs and try and watch the German channels. <laughs> Excellent. What I love about this episode is it's supposed to be about cookery and already we've talked about nosebleeds into milk and tiptoe past your parents to watch German channels. I love it. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, yeah. Them were the rules, the old German channels. <laughs> And they scuppered me by putting an alarm on that set the downstairs and not the up. I think he knew. I think that's why they did it. To stop me going when, downstairs. When we, when we first got Sky, the, the discovery of the old 990 channels and backwards. Yeah, brilliant. The Ab station. <laughs> Someone, I can't, I'd love to meet them. I can't remember who it was. It was on a panel show, a comedian going, Someone, oh, that was right. The, cha- the station once got fined. Because before the hours where they were supposed to be like very scantily clad and not wearing anything, some girl slipped on a bed and sort of revealed everything. (laughs) Whoever was on this panel show said, who was the person that complained about that, that was watching some (laughs) woman in a bra and knickers and then it sort of slipped and went, yeah, this is brilliant. Oh, God, I don't want to see that. Right, I'm phoning Too much, too much. Yeah, too much. Anyway, talking about cooking. Yeah, please. I'll bring us back to cooking, Ben. I'll bring us back to cooking. Do it again. Right. Do it again. Andre Ortolf in Germany. Right. He's also a world uh, record holder for the most jelly um, <laughs> while wearing a eating the most jelly while blindfolded in one minute with no hands, <laughs> and he ate one thousand four hundred and forty-five grams. Genie. <laughs> Absolutely, kilos of jelly with he no did. hands, and he couldn't see it. Brilliant. And he was blindfolded. What a that, legend. That is a classic a example legend. of I'm going to invent something mental just to get into the Guinness Book of Records. You know, see, yeah. like, we could beat that and decide to eat the most jelly with no hands, blindfolded, and with earplugs in. So you can't hear it either. You know, he didn't yeah, you do could. I don't know why. I don't know how you go about creating new ones. I mean, I was looking at all the Guinness World Record, the food ones. I thought there must be a food one I can do, surely. And <laughs> then the guy, the guys here in the Guinness World Book uh, of World Records, uh, for eating the most Ferrero Rocher in one minute. 
How many do you think he did in one minute? Whole Ferreira wash in a minute. If it's a record, it's got to be excessive. But I'd be amazed if he could do any more than about 30. 30? Yeah. Right. You did exactly what I did. Like the title <laughs> came up and I was expecting big. I was like, man, I'm going to keep in a minute. I, I was thinking maybe about 20, 25. I thought yeah. that's quite a lot. A couple of seconds, whatever. Nine. Right, okay. Yeah, nine is the world record. So I was like, what? How on <laughs> earth? Is and then there's a video of him doing it. So I watched the video thinking this, and there's rules. So you have they have to be wrapped. Oh, okay. You've got to unwrap them. Uh, and that, you, that, you, yeah. you have to clear your mouth before you put the other one in. Wow, okay. And still at the speed this guy was going in, he nearly choked on nine. And I was like... <laughs> Maybe I can't do that, like because there is, is excessive. Like... I was just thinking someone would just shovel them all in and then vomit later or whatever. But yeah, okay. When it's yeah, no, you have to you have to clear them. There's rules to this world record breaking. You can't just whack yeah. them in your mouth and say I've done that. <laughs> no, no, there's rules to it. But I was also thinking that maybe if there was like a softer product, I could try and do that. Like yeah, you know, yeah, like Angel Delight or something. If you want me to eat like. <laughs> like a, a kilo of angel deal. I reckon I could do that. I probably can't do it in a minute, but I reckon that's just milk. Uh, I haven't had angel delight for years. Butterscotch was brilliant flavour, wasn't it? Uh, I don't like that, but I've got I've got some in the fridge right now. Banana, it's there chilling oh, for me. After okay. after I've done this, I'm going for some fruit and you still have angel uh, delight. Wow. Well, I, I don't want to uh, I don't want to put you down in any way, Ben. But I too was in the cool group at school. <laughs> Nice, uh, nice. Yeah. And, uh, we we were all angel delighters. <laughs> no, I'm pleased. <laughs> to be honest, no, I, I wasn't. I, I I don't know why or when it started. That's I just, just reminded I got some me. one day, and it just it's nice. That's reminded me when I was a kid, my mum would usually cook the dinner at home, and then my dad would go and make a dessert. And we went through a phase for a couple of months of him making ridiculous desserts and bringing them back in to our lounge with hilarious names and i've only ever been able to remember one of them but i remember one dessert was two scoops of ice cream with two individual bars of a kit kat sticking out of each scoop of ice cream and one of the bars like joining over the top and he called it bridge over the river Kwai. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just ice cream and kit kat but it you know he would do stuff like that and i remember there would must have been some with Angel Delight sprinkled with all kinds of weird stuff called something exotic by my dad. But he used to do that. And that was vaguely entertaining for a while. Um, let me ask you, though, you do a lot of baking. You've already said Alana can't have wheat. So you must do a lot of uh, gluten free baking, do you? And stuff like that. Well, I have I have tried to do gluten free stuff. It's a bit. It, it's not as good when you're doing the baking uh, and she tends to prefer the other stuff. So she <laughs> kind of puts up with a few days of scratchy head syndrome, but um, right. Right. Uh, I mean, if, if she'd prefer that I made the gluten-free stuff, I just find it a little bit harder to, to get for me. The, the, the weird thing is um, whenever I have gluten-free stuff, I get ill. Oh, right. So it's not like I can do everything gluten-free and she's fine. I've yeah. had, like, every time... I don't know if it's joint in some way. Uh, I don't know if anyone's medical who wants to give me what it is, but I haven't been to the doctor with it. But whenever I have anything that's that's gluten-free, I don't know if it's because they replace it with something. I'm not saying I have to have gluten to live, but um, yeah. I, I don't know what they're replacing it with or something like that. But I have some... Even if I have a... Uh, we tested it once. She had this gluten-free quiche that she'd bought. And I'll just have a little sliver. I'll see if it does anything. And I yeah, just yeah. have the tiniest, almost not even a mouthful of this quiche. And I had stomach cramps all night. It, wow. It's weird. So so I have to literally cook two different meals all the time. That's so mad. Because... You're the opposite of someone who's gluten intolerant. You're lack of gluten intolerant. That's... Well, I, and I keep Googling that to see if it's a thing. And I don't think it is. I think, I think it's to do with what they replace it with. And it's dangerous yeah, when yeah. you're taking stuff out and replacing stuff. Uh, it's not dangerous, but it's 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 odd when you don't know yeah, yeah, what, yeah. what the problem is. But um, so yeah, as a result of that, I kind of have to keep because I kind of wish I could eat the gluten free stuff and it make my life easier. But anyone who has a partner who doesn't eat what they eat and you have to do two meals all the time is yeah, not, yeah, yeah. I, 
I have a friend who, who lives down south who same situation as you. She's vegetarian. He isn't. Yeah. And, and whenever he's cooking, he has to do two different batches of everything. And yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you yeah. get used to it, I suppose. You, well, you yeah, for, create create a system, don't you? For, yeah, well, for ease of cooking, sometimes I'll have veggie stuff, and sometimes <clears> we'll do it where we'll do a, the same kind of sauce for something and veg, and then I'll put some chicken in it, and Haley will put some corn in it or something. So we can have sort of similar stuff without <clears throat> overlapping too much, but. Um, yeah if if you're cooking well i get is it the same with cooking or is it only when you're consuming what's your favorite course is it because for me i've always had a really sweet tooth it's i always look forward to a dessert more than any other no matter how awesome a main course is um i i well it's a tough question i have to have a dessert right yeah dessert kind of finishes the meal for me yeah yeah yeah. i have to have i have to have yeah, I have to have something at, at the end. Uh, but Alana doesn't. Alana can have a thing and then just not eat. Right. She can have a main. Alana, uh, Alana is very sensible. She'll stop when she's full. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm the size I am because I'll eat me dinner. I'll be full. But I'm like, well, I still need a dessert. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, Otherwise, I'm it's finished dinner. dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's dinner time. You need a dessert. <laughs> so, but uh, overall, um, I mean, I'd be happy with just some... In fact, now I have fruit, so I'll have fruit and yoghurt and a bit of Angel Delight. That'll be my dessert tonight. Yeah, okay, yeah. Which is what I have most nights, to be honest. I try and veer away from the sweet stuff. But, I, I, yeah, the sweet, I don't know. Because I am baking, I enjoy the sweet stuff more. Yeah, I've always <clears throat> loved sweet stuff, but particularly chocolate. I do love chocolate. Although, I have to say, we went on our honeymoon to St Lucia and did we yeah it was don't you remember it we had a lovely time Uh, (laughs) um, but when we got back because people knew that's where we've been to on our honeymoon someone bought us it might have been my mum and dad I can't remember it might have been someone else and I'm doing them a disservice but someone bought us 100% chocolate from St Lucia and I was like, it's going to be rubbish to never... They were like, you, oh, you're supposed to crumble little bits of it into other things, but it's extremely bitter. Um, and I thought, well, we could keep it in the packet and keep it as a decorative thing. And I thought, no, we should actually taste it. <laughs> and you don't really appreciate that even dark chocolate is only 70% whatever, cocoa or whatever, and then it's got sugar and milk... and Well, not milk, but sugar and other stuff and whatever. But this 100% chocolate was one of the most disgusting things I've ever eaten because it was the texture of chocolate. You expect it to be nice and it was in no way sweet whatsoever. It was just unbelievably bitter and foul. It was awful. Uh, yeah, I'm not a dark chocolate fan. Uh, in fact, I don't like it at all. It's far too bitter for me. But yeah. I couldn't, eat, I couldn't eat anything that strong. I don't like the 70% stuff either. Yeah. Yeah, okay. It just doesn't taste like chocolate to me. So I was like, why am I eating this? Yeah, like, exactly. You want to enjoy it. If you're going to have chocolate, you want to enjoy it the most you can. Yeah, if you're going to be bad, be bad. Yeah, exactly. Um, but all right then. So we're talking cooking. Yeah. Do you have a favorite chef Ooh. that you like? I don't know. Now, now it's. They're all, they're all over the TV now. Well, Everything's. TV yeah. chef this, TV chef that. Chefs everywhere. Um, I don't know about a favourite. I, I do watch MasterChef quite regularly. And uh, I do Which? like on there, uh, the, the normal one. I don't watch the professional one. I do watch the celebrity one sometimes, but the normal one of just sort of regular people getting elevated. No, but are, you, are you talking British? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The British one. Yeah. The, the John uh, Tarode and Greg Wallace extravaganza. Um, yeah, it's rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I quite like it, but um, I they sometimes have on there, I think he does the professionals, Michelle Rue Jr., and he always comes across really well. I like him. Um, the Rue was... Brothers, yeah, they were my mum's favourite. My mum always had the Rue Brothers books. She Okay, was, yeah. Uh, my my mum was a cooker, baker type person. First celebrity chef <laughs> I ever remember seeing anywhere was Ainsley Harriet, I think, doing Ready, Steady, Cook. Um. And uh, then Gordon Ramsay. Well. Gordon Ramsay came oh. along. Jamie Oliver, all the classics. 
I love Ramsey. Ramsey is just, I just love Ramsey. Yeah. I can watch him all. I find him so entertaining as a as a person. I, I know he did Hell's but, Kitchen, but then that program where he goes around America and, and tells them how to improve their restaurant and they slag him off and hate him and then admit he was right. And then quite yeah. often in the credits, it says that it shut down six months later or whatever. I'm like, yeah, I love that program. Yeah, he's, he is good. I, I hate Jamie Oliver. I'm so I just find him the most annoying person in the history of <laughs> of of anything, really. Well, no, Jack Whitehall's the most annoying person in the history of everything. But um, right, uh, yeah. Just, uh, in terms of chefs, yeah, I, I, I never liked him. I just yeah. don't find him entertaining. I've just it's just so weird the way he does stuff, and it's like. Well, remember- what annoys me with TV chefs is they, they cut things that nobody has at home. Nobody yeah, has this yeah. stuff lying around their house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'm like, you show me how I can do something good with the rubbish I've got in my cupboard. Yeah, that's a good point. And I'll be more than entertained by your show. But even Ramsey. Well, Ramsey doesn't really do these one-on-one cooking shows, which is probably why I like him. He does these shows where he just shouts at people, and that entertains me. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, even now nobody's really done that even when chefs try and do like ordinary everyday things it's got fennel in it or star anise in it or you know things you just wouldn't put in an everyday dinner or whatever it would be interesting to see someone do a series sort of elevating things with the normal stuff you've got at home you know that would be good maybe there's a niche yeah. for you there you know martin, martin like- hill cooks regular Cooks regular. I've always, I've always wanted to. We should take this show on the road, Ben, because I've always wanted to do a thing where uh, general, like normal, everyday people do some of this stuff. Yeah, and and do it from a point of absolutely zero training or anything like that. I want, to, I want to. I don't want these. Uh, almost a bit like that trend of YouTubers where they're opening a box for the first time. Like that became a big thing at one point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As annoying as it is, but just doing it from. I want to see someone like me do these things or yeah, cook yeah. these things well, and then I'll be like, "All right, fair play." But you doing it, you're trained to do it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. You know, I don't know why you're showing me how to do a pheasant when I'm I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna buy a pheasant in my entire uh, life. Do you know what annoys me about cookery programs on telly when there's competitive elements, but. The things that stuff gets called from fine dining that has a more regular name that everyone uses. And I'm like, just use that. It's like, I'm doing this with a blackberry and pear jus. And you're like, you mean sauce? It's what, <laughs> why is it a jus? And it's like, ah, and it, and it, here's a reduction of this. I'm like, what, what are you talking about? It's just a gravy or a broth or something. And now, now it's a reduction. I'm like, oh, for God, it's all just pretentious, a load of it. Yeah, yeah, you never know what things are. I did go to the, oh, I can't remember. Alana took me to this restaurant once. It might have been for my birthday uh, well, in King's Cross. And um, I'm looking at the menu and I, I, didn't, I didn't know what any of this stuff was. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm yeah. just like, I'm just like, she's like, well, you like this? And I'm, How do I know I'm going to like, what is it? I don't understand what this is. And I ordered this thing. I asked the waiter, I said, what is it? It's essentially a soup. Right, yeah. I think it was, and not only that, I think it was an onion soup. (laughs) (laughs) But what they did was they brought it to my, (laughs) this is how uneducated I am. They brought a bowl that had some sort of like bread in the middle of the, the the bowl was empty. Yeah. They brought me a bowl that had some bread in the middle of the bowl. Yeah. And I was like, right, I don't think I've ordered soup. I think I've ordered some <laughs> giant crouton or something. I don't know what it is. And then, and then they brought this, like, teapot that had the soup in. Yeah, yeah. So they've brought all this stuff to me. And then I thought, all right, so I, fair enough. It's a hot soup. I have to pour it on this thing. Makes sense to me. Uh, so I went to grab the teapot. And they're like, no, 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 no. Oh, I'm not allowed to touch the teapot. No. They, they got this teapot. And they did this little swirly thing around the edge of this crouton. Yeah. And then she stopped for a second. And then she poured a little bit on the crouton. Right. Uh, and then stopped for a second. And then poured the rest of it on. And this crouton sort of inflated like a sponge. Ah, and right. Went up, went up to the top. And then she had this other fancy bottle 
where she squirted some of that white stuff on that they always put on. Yeah, yeah. She essentially made the soup in front of me. And I'm <laughs> I was sitting there going, You could have just brought the dish out with the soup in. Like <laughs> that whole theatre thing that you've just done. Yeah, yeah, was yeah. Meant, was totally lost on me. <laughs> I mean, it was interesting, I suppose, to a degree, but there's no way I'm going to go, hey, guys, you want to watch a show? Let's go to this restaurant. Right? <laughs> Can we have three of them soups, please? Just watch this, guys. Go on, just watch this. It's amazing. It's not a thing for my... I mean, I don't know if that means I'm uncultured. I'll accept that. Yeah, but yeah. I just find that whole pretentiousness of fine dining restaurants. Yeah. I mean, you could pay... I was going to say hundreds, but, well, sometimes you do. But you could pay, like, in a posh restaurant, you could pay up to, like, 80 quid yeah, yeah, for yeah. a meal. Yep. That is, I don't know, it's the size of my eyeball. <laughs> that is so true. Well, a couple of times on birthdays, we've gone to particularly fancy restaurants. And I I don't understand why is it a restaurant gets elevated to a certain level, gets Michelin stars or whatever. And it basically means you get way smaller portions. Yeah, you kind of get stronger flavors and maybe things taste better, but everything's tiny. I'm like, yeah. It's, absolutely what's that why is that how does that become a thing uh we're fine dining here so you don't get as much but you pay more when it, yeah whenever it says fine dining i literally just get panic attacks because i know <laughs> i'm gonna come out of this restaurant broke and hungry <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that's true now i've got to tell you a story here this didn't actually directly happen to me but i could have been there my family all went on a trip to France. And I think due to working for Vitamix, <laughs> I couldn't go. Oh, and... I was going to say, like, you weren't invited. <laughs> yeah, they were trying to tell me something. Um, but no, they all went to this restaurant in the middle of some French village. And obviously, it, all the menu is in French. And most, some of them can speak French okay. Um, and three people ordered this dish. I can't remember the name of it, which is mildly annoying, but I know what it is. But they ordered this dish without really knowing what it was. And then it got brought to the table and it looked like, I guess it looked a bit like tripe. I've, I've seen bowls of oh. tripe and stuff. And it was a bit like that, but <clears throat> with oh. sort of bubbles throughout it. And they all thought, first of all, they thought it smells really unpleasant. It actually smells for want of a better phrase like shit and it was in some sort of weird broth and a couple of people tried to eat and basically one of the people that ordered it had to go in the toilet and throw up instantly a couple of the other people that ordered it couldn't eat it they, just, and they came out the restaurant not knowing what it was and then did a load of research online and basically there's some french delicacy which is a pig's intestine which has been cooked in a certain way or whatever. And obviously that's why it smelt so bad because it did literally have that in it at some point. I'm like, surely it should have been cleaned properly and cooked. Mm. I'm like, what the hell? Oh God, it sounded absolutely vile. And someone out there will be shouting. I know what you're talking about. It's called this. I can't remember what it's called, but it's some French. It's horrible. I mean, the French people will eat anything to (laughs) me. There's some cultures that just think every part of the animal should be eaten. Oh, well, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. There is that, yeah. I, I think we kind of draw the line on some things. Um, I, I mean, I'm sure certain restaurants sell it, but we don't have snails on a regular basis or anything like that. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I guess uh, if, you, if you're grown is, up with it in your, in your um, kind of culture, it's not horrible. But the idea to me of eating snails is disgusting. So uh, well, I don't do anything like that. I can't. I can't even. I, I, I probably wouldn't even have frogs legs. Uh, it's just. It's not a thing that sort no, of appeals. No. I've just uh, looked up online. That French dish apparently is called andouille. A n d o u i double l e, and it's pigs' intestines and stomachs. Nice. I won't be ordering that. No, don't order that. <laughs> but yeah, these restaurants, they're just, they're just like that. They're, I do find that they rip you off. Um, I find that you get very little for your money. But I am northern as well, so I've always been like that. It's just always been a thing. I once had a massive argument with Alana when we went out to a restaurant in Covent Garden and she wanted to order a salad. And Hi. this salad was, I think, about 17 quid. Bloody hell, right, yeah. For uh, a salad. <laughs> And I said, I'm, 
I said, I can't do it. I says, I'm not paying 17 quid for a salad. She's like, but I want the salad. And I'm like, that, that says maybe, but I'm not paying 17 quid for a salad. And this this escalated to the point where, like, she walked out of the restaurant. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow, right. I'm like, I'm not paying 17. It will not happen. There's no way on this earth. I says, I can, we can go home. We'll bob on Tesco on the way back, and I will make you this. And you will probably enjoy it to the same level as what you got. And what it would have cost about three quid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this lettuce being grown in champagne or something? I don't understand why this is a seventeen-pound salad. It might have been a Caesar salad, so bear, fair enough. There might be some chicken in it or something. Yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so anyway, she walks out the restaurant because she's had enough of me. And to be honest, I'd have had enough of me by that point because <laughs> it's such a such an arsey thing to do. I put my hands up to that. Yeah. But what made me laugh if she came back in? <laughs> she came back in like. <laughs> You didn't come out to get me. I was like, well, no, because I'm in the restaurant. I can't walk out of the restaurant. It was quite a funny, uh, it was a funny thing in the end, but my word, I just wouldn't pay that much uh, for a salad. But these restaurants charge what they want. We're not really talking about cooking. We're just slagging off restaurants. We are. We've got onto restaurants, but that's fine. If you're going to go out somewhere, is there a particular chain of restaurant you'll always prefer or is there a kind of cuisine you'll always look for ahead of others or are you kind of you'll try anything or you hate a lot of things or what uh yeah mcdonald's but you hate mcdonald's or you no, love McDonald's? I, go. <laughs> <laughs> I used no. to love mcdonald's and then i haven't had a mcdonald's for about three years now point um, of fact ben i've never had a mcdonald's oh yeah ever, i remember ever, this ever. about you never ever yeah yeah that's impressive really to get to the age we're both at and you've never had a mcdonald's it is considering they are worldwide uh but again i haven't traveled a lot so i haven't really been stuck in a place where the only thing i'd recognize is a mcdonald's which i think is where a lot of people have the mcdonald's like when they go to asia yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like there's nothing that they like, and they go, like, "Oh, McDonald's." Uh, so I've never really been in. I've heard a few stories like that. I've never really been there, but no, I haven't. So I've had that. Uh, what was your question? What restaurant would I go if to? If you're gonna, well, is there one you'd kind of choose ahead of others, or a type of cuisine you'd choose? You know, if you're gonna say, "Oh, we're gonna go to a restaurant," we could have Italian, we could have Chinese, Indian. I don't know. Oh, we could I see. Have right. Peri, Are we, peri we, chicken. Okay, we're talking going out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it's difficult because I am British and I just I, I love like the certain things that I, I what in what way are we going out here, Ben? Hang, well, what, hang on, what, hang on. What, what date me, are we on? Let me take it in another direction because I know something you'll enjoy that we both enjoyed together: a carvery. You well, must... this is what I'm saying. Now, if we're just yeah. going out for food and there's no sort of whatever, then I'm all for a Toby Carvery. I yeah. Yeah. absolutely love meat and veg that's that's my, my my thing there and all you can eat veg uh it's not all you can eat meat but all you can eat veg i'm happy with it and they do pepsi max and i'm a big pepsi guy. <laughs> yeah so and they do strawberry pepsi max there which is brilliant as well oh, so yeah. I'm, I'm a i'm a big fan of the toby carvery but and things like that like and all you can eat i'm kind of uh a fan of for numerous reasons. One, I'm fat, so so, so and all you can eat is bonus for me. Uh, but two, I find that's where I'll try more stuff because if I can have a little bit of summer without spending out the pocket, or if I don't like it, I'll go. All right, I'm done with that. I'll go have something else. Yeah, those yeah, kind yeah. of places I, I I can deal with because I can try different stuff. If I don't like it, don't have it. If I want more, I'll have more. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I do put my hands up and say, look, these are cheap and it's not pristine. And you can tell that they're not pristine food or... Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Not, not by pristine. They're not high quality produce. Yeah, that sure, using. sure. It's not, not fine not dining the, in a carvery. Yeah. yeah not yeah. that they're particularly bad. But if we're talking going to a restaurant somewhere nice, then I would probably... If it's not a steak place... Yeah. I'm a meat eater, then I'm going Turkish. I, I love okay, yeah. Uh, I like the Turkish restaurants. I like the breads that you get, I like the bulgur wheat that you get, I like the um uh, kebab, the meat, uh, yeah, shish yeah, kebab. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, and I, I do really enjoy going to those restaurants because I, yeah, the the nice. I kind of have always liked 
most kinds of food are kind of quite like Italian. If you're going for somewhere simple, I would have always said Indian um, ahead of other stuff. But when I was a kid, I used to love Chinese and we used to get a Chinese takeaway every week. And then I went out to someone's birthday party when I was about 10, 11 and had loads of bad like cakes and food and biscuits and cherry aid and lime aid and all those weird fizzy drinks you could have. Then we had a Chinese later that night and I threw up nine times throughout the night. Uh, All the rice. Yeah, it was not pleasant. And it was so bad. My body was still throwing up and there was nothing left to come out the last few times. Um, But so I never ate Chinese for about 10, 15 years. And lately I've started liking it again. But I do the weirdest thing. I get a Chinese and I really like a chicken curry from a Chinese restaurant because it's different quite different to indian style um i know we were talking about restaurants i've now gone on to takeaways and things as well no, but... my mate does the exact same thing we'll have a chinese he'll order curry from the chinese <laughs> yeah 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 and i've always Every liked time, that. Was... with with prawn crackers there's something marvelous about a uh... Uh, if if i'm having takeaway and i'm staying in if it's not turkish takeaway because sometimes i do that as well ah, um, yeah. then it would be a chinese i i, I like the uh, hong kong style sweet and sour chicken um, but uh, what was I going to say? Uh, yeah, we used to. My dad not used to like Indians, so they used to have Indians every Friday. So they had an Indian takeaway. Friday yeah. takeaway is a bit of a British thing, isn't it? Like it's like yeah, I think quite a few people. It do used it. to be like you Friday fish day, chippy tea. You used to have on a Friday. See, I think people I just extended it now. The choices are more. This must be awkward for you because you love your British food, but you don't like fish. And I love fish and chips. I'll um, eat fish and chips. Well, you will. Okay. Sometimes, if the skin on the fish, no chance. If the because some up north you don't usually get skin on the fish. Down yeah. south, for some reason they keep the, the skin on. And uh, but yeah, I, I don't. I mean, I have fish fingers tonight. But yeah, I, I don't. I don't. It's not my first choice. I w- I wouldn't jump. Okay. I'm not a big fan of pizza either. I oh, don't, wow. Sometimes I do question how I am the size I am because a lot, of the <laughs> is, a lot of the stuff that is bad, I don't always have. Like I do eat a lot of fruit and I don't like things like pizzas. Well, like pizzas are bad. There's stone bait ones where you go to the restaurants and have them. I'll do them, but I don't often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, I'll say I never get a pizza takeaway. Now, um, here's, here's getting back to actually physically cooking ourselves. And this is thanks to Vitamix, who we worked for, because I would never have bothered to do this otherwise. I remember seeing recipes in Vitamix books that you can make your own pizza dough. and uh, um, It is impressive, I have to say. Yeah, we did progress to teaching other people to do this at workshops and things. But I've, I have done that quite a few times at home. And it's really satisfying to make your own kind of pizza bases out of it and then just put toppings on. And it does make you realise paying anything above like five quid for a pizza is ridiculous. I don't mean in restaurants because mm. you're paying for the service as well. But I mean in supermarkets and stuff because it basically is just dough and then tomato paste and cheese and various other things. And, yeah, uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Although there's some there's something to be said about those pizza oven ones. I, I would buy a pizza oven, but I just wouldn't use it enough. I'd, I'd yeah. use it every so often. But I'd like yeah, to. yeah, yeah. Cooking itself is easy. It's almost artistic. You got to think about it. you're putting all these ingredients into something, and you're making something that could be potentially the best thing you've ever tasted in your life. I mean, there's yeah, chance yeah, it could yeah. Be the worst as well. So I do have a love for cooking. Yeah, uh, and and like I say, uh, Alana don't cook. I don't even let her boil an egg because right, it usually right. goes wrong. <laughs> um, in fact, she she did an egg today and then forgot the hob was hot and put a sack <laughs> of potatoes on top of the thing and it suddenly all melted. Or what's you know, uh, right. which was delightful. But um, so I, I enjoy uh, cooking. I actually find it quite therapeutic doing things like that. Yeah. Bizarrely. Well, I'm I'm okay. I can follow any recipe and cook. We did a thing where we were trying to be healthy last year in lockdown and got quite a lot of those hello fresh recipes where you just get sent all the stuff and you have to make it yourself and follow the recipes. And I quite enjoyed oh, yeah. that. And there was there was some like veggie curries and stuff that were really flavoursome with like butternut squash and I don't know, all kinds of stuff in it. But I, I quite enjoyed that with the spice mixes you get. And I'm good at not veggie stuff, but anything. I can follow a recipe. I can do it. I still think it's quite impressive. Those people 
always remember my wife Haley worked in uh, a contract and lived with this guy and he would just go oh I'm just going to make something and we were like what and he's like I don't know yeah and he'd just get all the load of stuff out the fridge and go I'll put that and I'll put that I'll probably put some of that and people who just make stuff up on the spot and it tastes good I'm like that's quite impressive to have that sort of knowledge that of what's going to go well or how long you need to do anything for I don't have that I always have to follow a recipe yeah, but I mean, the thing is, it doesn't always have to be a knowledge. It could just be a t- so you taste things as you go. So as you start, as you're putting stuff into whatever you're mixing together or sauce that you're making, or whatever, yeah, yeah, you taste it. Oh, it needs a bit. It's too bitter. I'll put some sweet in there, or it's too sweet. I'll put some bitter in there, or it yeah, needs a bit yeah. of salt. Or, and you can usually concoct stuff. You say, I mean, I have to admit, it's it's by no means great stuff that I've cooked, but a lot of the Stuff that I do here is because uh, I'll just throw stuff in a pan and it just works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, but that's quite just, impressive. Yeah. I think I think that's pretty cool. Now, um, but, unfortunately, but, I mean, time's going to get the better of us fairly soon. We've probably got around um, four yeah. or five minutes of recording time left, and um, All right. obviously, I'll leave you with this one. Look, go on, Gwilym Perrin. Gwilym Perrin. In yeah. France, uh, uh, 17th of May, 2002, he's got the world record for the most chocolate M&M's thumb catapulted in one minute. <laughs> Hang on. Thumb catapulted what? what into his mouth? or yeah. ah, So the most chocolate M&M's a person can catapult into a receptacle in a minute using the thumb from a distance of five metres. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Yep. In a in a minute, how many yep. is that going to be? The chocolate ones are the little smarty size ones, aren't they? So, uh, in a minute, yep. with his thumb into a set five meters, that can't be easy. Twelve. You you've put a lot of pressure onto Gwillem there. I feel has he, he done got worse? Four. <laughs> I love these sort of rubbish world records. It's excellent. See, that's well, you say of- it's rubbish. We don't know. Like, we've not tried this. Maybe this is one you can try. Get yourself some M and M's. I don't know how big. The other thing is, I don't know how big the receptacle has to be. Yeah, but point. it's it's five meters away, and you can only use your thumb. <laughs> yeah, so, right, right. Yeah. I don't, well, actually, how's it doing that? It must be on your finger, and then you flick it. Yeah. So it must be thumb catapulted. Five me. Five meters is long. Yeah. For that. For an M and M. For an M and M. And you got to get as many as you can in a minute. Like, yeah, that's off to him there. That's a four. <laughs> <At> a sp- <laughs> but do you get that devastating thing of it can land in the thing and bounce out again? Does it have to stay in it? You know, that I think awful. it'll have to stay in it because, yeah. yeah, must be. I don't know. Four. It just seems really rubbish that maybe that's harsh and like everyone else do in the know world. What though? I would love to be. I would love to be the guy who has to go out and check all these things. <laughs> Because I'd yeah. love for someone to set all this up, me turn up, and then go, no, you didn't do it, mate. <laughs> and that, just see the uh, look on their face. That would be a great job. Guinness World Record Invigilator or something. Yeah, yeah that's what you want to be. Like, yeah, <laughs> and you, you can get them to come out. I don't know what the uh, uh, what it is. I don't know. Well, I don't think it's going to get any better than talking about that. And um, it's been a pleasure to talk about cookery um, loosely for the last hour. Or I've, so. I've, have we gone an hour? Blimey, right? It's, yeah. it's gone quick. I don't even think we've discussed cooking that much. We've we talked about no. restaurants. We talked about restaurants. We talked about swearing a little bit as well. Um, Once again, gone off on a tangent. That's the beauty as we of do. food for thought. It can happen. You know, that's yeah. what I like about it. Yeah, we'll, we'll come back to it. We will. We definitely will. Um, and obviously, as we always say, as we said earlier as well, we'd love to hear from you, our listeners. A few people have done it, but we want to hear more. So tweet us. We're on Twitter. That's the place you can directly contact us at Feud Thoughts. Yeah, on get your tweets in. Please do it. Yes. Just comment on anything you've heard in this thing that you agree with, disagree with, anything you think we may be able to talk about in the future. Give us a tweet. We'd love to hear from you. Um, Absolutely. So what we got coming up next week then, Ben? Well, speaking of the future, um, we I've got an idea for a, oh, a topic we're we doing could a discuss. Psychic. <laughs> we're not going to talk about psychics. Are oh. we get, uh, why don't we talk about the wonderful world 
of exercise. It's something because yeah, I know so much about it. <laughs> well, it's something I think people have been embracing more since we were forced to be at home a lot more. And that was your route of freedom and being allowed out your house to do a bit of exercise. So people yeah. have been doing and you, it you get these absolute idiots who have been doing all these online Zoom things. Yeah. Uh, every week. Ludicrous morons who do that. Yeah, yeah, that's what we call them anyway. <laughs> Why are we saying so, that in that kind let's, of voice? Let's get one on and ridicule him for a bit, shall we? Let's have a guest on our next podcast as well. We will do just that. Someone who's no stranger to exercise will be joining us on our exercise-based podcast. There's some excitement to look forward to. Um, but so I get... in the crowd's going wild. No, it was good. But unfortunately, we're going to have to bring it to a close for tonight. But thank you for tuning in. We really appreciate every single listen we get. Join us again soon. But right now from myself, Ben Simmons, and my esteemed sonic screwdriver wielding colleague. Hey, Martin Hill. <laughs> oh, he's changed it up. Look at that. Great stuff. We'll be back again soon. From all of us at Feud for Thought, it's bye for now. Bye-bye.